1: WELCOME, EVERYBODY, WELCOME, EVERYBODY, TO THE LATE SHOW. I'M YOUR HOST, STEPHEN COLBERT. (laughs) WELL, YOU KNOW WHAT WE'RE GOING TO BE TALKING ABOUT TONIGHT, SO STRAP IN. I would WANTED TO BEGIN TONIGHT'S SHOW TALKING ABOUT THE MET GALA. Hey, you no, know, did you have a good time last yeah, night? It was fun, man. An had a amazing time. time? Yes. I want to talk about their theme yes. of, like, you know, yes. glamour in the Gilded Age. Instead, I've got to talk about another group of out of touch people in crazy outfits pretending that it's 1895, the Supreme Court. <laughs> because last night, yeah. we found out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Strap in, strap in. Last night, we found out, according to a leaked draft of the majority opinion, the Supreme Court has voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, when I when I heard this last night, at first I was shocked. Then I was shocked that I was shocked. You see, I'm no Angela Lansbury, and this isn't Cabot Cove, but keen-eyed observers may have noticed they've been dropping a few hints, a few clues that this might be coming down the pike. Personally, I got suspicious when Neil Gorsuch stopped wearing his pussy hat. (laughs) The opinion THE OPINION, WHICH WOULD DISPENSE WITH A HALF-A-CENTURY OF PRECEDENT, WAS WRITTEN BY ASSOCIATE JUSTICE SAMUEL ALITO, SEEN HERE HOPING NOBODY NOTICES HE JUST DROPPED AN OPINION IN HIS ROBE. <laughs> AND BOY IS IT A LOAD. ALITO WRITES, WE HOLD THAT ROE AND Casey MUST BE OVERRULED. A RIGHT TO ABORTION IS NOT DEEPLY ROOTED IN THE NATION'S HISTORY AND TRADITIONS. ON THE CONTRARY, AN UNBROKEN TRADITION OF PROHIBITING ABORTION ON PAIN OF CRIMINAL PUNISHMENT PERSISTED FROM THE EARLIEST DAYS OF THE COMMON LAW, BECAUSE NOTHING SAYS, LOOKING TOWARD THE FUTURE LIKE ADHERING TO THE EARLIEST DAYS OF COMMON LAW. THAT'S WHY I BELIEVE THAT LIFE BEGINS AT WHITE LAND OWNING MAIL. AND WHY HORSES WHO READ SHOULD BE ARRESTED FOR WITCH MISCHIEF. (laughs) ALITO STRANGELY ARGUED THAT OVERTURNING ROE IS ABOUT BRINGING PEOPLE TOGETHER, WRITING, ROE AND CASEY HAVE INFLAMED DEBATE AND DEEPENED DIVISION. SO HE THINKS THIS DECISION WILL MAKE THOSE DIVISIONS BETTER? And now to mend a broken nation by pulling the healing pin from this justice grenade. <laughs> and kaboom baya. <laughs> apparently, apparently the conservative <laughs> apparently the conservative justices believe that this is not an issue for the courts. Leto writes, it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. Yes. It's time to return this issue to the guy who Venmos teenagers for sex and the woman who believes in Jewish space lasers, <laughs> as the founders intended. Of course, back then there were no lasers. They thought the rabbis were erecting magnifying glasses on top of church steeples. <laughs> Alito tries to dodge the controversy here, writing We do not pretend to know how our political system or society will respond to today's decision overruling Roe and Casey. Okay. But it sure seems like somebody knew how society was gonna respond because immediately after the ruling was leaked, police surrounded the Supreme Court with barricades. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, these barricades? Uh no, there's no problem. We just we just put them up to stop Clarence Thomas fans from hugging him. Those uh those Claire bears are out of control. They're just gotta keep them back. It's fine. Not that Alito gives a damn what you think. He writes, We cannot allow our decisions to be affected by any extraneous influences, such as concern about the public's reaction to our work. Now, surprisingly, Alito was joined in the decision by no one who would surprise you Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. So, congratulations, ladies. Decisions about what you can do with your body are now being made by four old dudes and a woman who thinks The Handmaid's Tale is a rom com. (laughs) <laughs> THIS DRAFT, THIS DRAFT DECISION, <laughs> THIS DRAFT DECISION is, IS SCATHING. AT ONE POINT, ALITO WRITES, ROE WAS EGREGIOUSLY WRONG FROM THE START. NOW, I'M NOT A LAWYER. I CAN'T TELL YOU IF ROE WAS RIGHTLY DECIDED, BUT I CAN TELL YOU THAT IT'S AN IMPORTANT PRECEDENT THAT HAS BEEN REPEATEDLY REAFFIRMED. AND THAT'S NOT MY OPINION. IT'S THE OPINION OF THESE CLOWNS. Roe versus Wade is a, an important precedent of the Supreme Court.
2: Roe versus Wade clearly held that the Constitution protected a woman's right to terminate a pregnancy.
1: The Supreme Court of the United States has held in Roe versus Wade that um, a fetus is not a person for purposes of the 14th Amendment. That's the law of the land. I accept the law of the land. It's settled as a precedent of the Supreme Court. Wait a second, so Kavanaugh was talking out of his ass? <laughs> That cannot be easy with all that beer he (laughs) boofed. So, so. So, if these folks believe that Roe v. Wade was so egregiously decided, why didn't they tell the senators that during their confirmation hearings? Well, because American voters support abortion in all or most cases at 80%. They knew. THAT IF THEY WERE HONEST, THEY WOULDN'T GET THE JOB, SO THEY LIED, WHICH I THINK IS PERJURY. BUT WHAT DO I KNOW? I'M NO SUPREME COURT JUSTICE. I'M NOT A GOOD ENOUGH LIAR. <laughs> THE POINT IS, ALL FIVE OF THESE PEOPLE... HERE'S THE THING. ABORTION CONTINUES TO BE A CONTENTIOUS ISSUE FOR MANY PEOPLE, AND PEOPLE CAN HAVE DIFFERENT OPINIONS ABOUT ABORTION, but. What was happening here was all five of these people played the game, where they pretend they hadn't already made up their minds, hoping everyone would believe them, which you'd have to be an idiot to do. Enter Maine Senator and live-action Lady Elaine Susan Collins. <laughs> Collins, <laughs> Collins, who says she supports abortion rights, caught a lot of people uh, mad at her in 2018 when she supported Brett Kavanaugh. Even though everyone knew he would not hesitate to overturn Roe, here's her at the time.
3: I do not believe that Brett Kavanaugh will overturn.
2: Precedents are overturned. You have obviously full confidence. I do. Oh,
1: gotcha, Susan Collins. Now you're definitely not getting reelected in 2020. She what? <laughs> this morning, Collins released a statement saying. IF THIS LEAKED DRAFT OPINION IS THE FINAL DECISION AND THIS REPORTING IS ACCURATE, IT WOULD BE COMPLETELY INCONSISTENT WITH WHAT JUSTICE GORSUCH AND JUSTICE KAVANAUGH SAID IN THEIR HEARINGS AND IN OUR MEETINGS IN MY OFFICE. OKAY, SO SHE'S JUST ANOTHER GULLIBLE GRANDMA. I DON'T UNDERSTAND WHY THEY LIE. We Pinky swore in my office. This is just like that time my niece sent me the email saying she was stranded in Guadalajara and needed money to get out of jail. So I sent her $10,000 and then I found out I don't even have a niece. I hope I hope she's okay. I'm so concerned. Maybe if I send money to that nice Nigerian prince, he can get it to her. <laughs> now keep in mind. <laughs> that was long. That was a scene. That's a scene. And <laughs> KEEP IN MIND, THIS RULING HASN'T GONE INTO EFFECT YET BECAUSE FOR THE FIRST TIME IN THE COURT'S HISTORY, THE FIRST DRAFT OF A PENDING DECISION HAS BEEN LEAKED TO THE PUBLIC. ORIGINALLY, THE COURT'S OPINION WAS NOT EXPECTED UNTIL THE FINAL DAY OF ITS TERM IN JUNE OR JULY. THAT'S COURAGE. WELL, THERE IT IS, THE OPINION I'VE BEEN WORKING ON MY WHOLE LIFE, AND THE ONLY REASON THE FEDERALIST SOCIETY PUT ME ON THE SUPREME COURT IS FINALLY COMPLETE, AMERICA SAVED. Now. Get in the car in Florida, James. I'll shoot it out of a t-shirt cannon. I'm so proud. Pfft. Drive, they're onto us. Go, go. <laughs> Chief Roberts. <clears throat> Chief Justice John Roberts was not amused by this leak, saying, This was a singular and egregious breach of that trust that is an affront to the court. AND THE COMMUNITY OF PUBLIC SERVANTS WHO WORK HERE. I DON'T BLAME HIM FOR BEING UPSET. THIS LEAK IS A CLEAR VIOLATION OF THE COURT'S RIGHT TO PRIVACY. HOW DARE SOMEONE MAKE THIS DECISION FOR THEM? (laughs) NOW, BECAUSE, 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 ROE V. WADE WAS DECIDED ON THE RIGHT TO PRIVACY, SOME FOLKS WORRY THAT DISMANTLING ROE COULD ENDANGER OTHER PRIVACY RULINGS LIKE GAY RIGHTS, ACCESS TO CONTRACEPTIVES, EVEN INTERRACIAL marriage. BUT ALITO TRIED TO REASSURE THE NATION, WRITING, OUR DECISION CONCERNS THE CONSTITUTIONAL RIGHT TO ABORTION AND NO OTHER RIGHT. NOTHING IN THIS OPINION SHOULD BE UNDERSTOOD TO CAST DOUBT ON PRECEDENTS THAT DO NOT CONCERN ABORTION. AND YOU CAN 100% BELIEVE THAT THESE FIVE JUSTICES WILL HONOR THAT PROMISE. I MEAN, THAT'S PRECEDENT, RIGHT, BRETT KAVANAUGH? IT'S SETTLED AS A PRECEDENT OF THE SUPREME COURT. WELL, we GOT A GREAT SHOW FOR YOU TONIGHT.
2: Up next, legal scholar Emily Bazelon.
1: John, I've been looking forward to talking to you because you know all I wanted to talk about tonight was was the Met Gala. Yeah. Emily and I have been a few times. It's super fancy. Yes. Did you have a good time last night? I, I did. I, I liked that I made some best DRESS list. And, and you I, did. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. It was cool. I feel like it was a. It was a good escape from the harsh realities of the world. Because yes. then there it's not, it's it's like another world, man. It's a different planet in there. Yeah. Everybody yes. everybody's beautiful. I know. It's like, wow, everything's so expensive. <laughs> Unlike the rest of New York, where everything's so affordable. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm glad you had a good time. Good to see you over there. We got, you know, who's good to see tonight is we have uh, two uh, national global treasures, Ron Howard and Jose Andres, are here. They're talking about world CENTRAL kitchen. Jose, man. Beautiful organization doing great work out there. But right now, my first guest is a staff writer for the New York Times Magazine. Co-host of the Slate's Political Gabfest and a lecturer at Yale Law School. Please welcome Emily Bazelon. <laughs> Good to see you again.
2: Thank you. Good to see you too.
1: I want to talk about this, you know, this leak of this initial draft uh, opinion. But before we do any of that, uh, what's what's the big deal about the fact? THAT THIS WAS LEAKED. PEOPLE ARE FREAKING OUT ABOUT IT. EXPLAIN TO ME WHY why THAT'S SO IMPORTANT.
2: I MEAN, IT'S REALLY IN OUR MODERN HISTORY HAS NEVER HAPPENED BEFORE. The AND sub- MODERN STARTS? MODERN STARTS, SAY, THE 20TH CENTURY. OKAY. Um, WE HAVEN'T HAD A MAJOR CASE HAVE A DRAFT LEAK EARLY AT A STAGE WHERE WE DON'T EVEN KNOW WHETHER THERE'S A FIRM MAJORITY FOR IT. WE DON'T KNOW EXACTLY WHAT IT MEANS, BUT WE CAN SEE ALL THE REASONING THAT JUSTICE SAMUEL ALITO IS LAYING OUT. For overturning Roe versus Wade.
1: So today, Robert said, This is the real deal. This is actually there. But of course, that's not the final opinion. Things could change. Um, Two things. One is, could some of these votes change? Do we know in the past that from the first vote to the last vote, VOTES WILL CHANGE.
2: VOTES CAN ABSOLUTELY CHANGE. THIS IS JUST A PIECE OF PAPER RIGHT NOW. I MEAN, THEY CAN RIP IT UP AND THROW IT AWAY AND START OVER. AND CERTAINLY IT HAS BEEN TRUE IN SOME BIG CASES LIKE OBAMACARE, WHERE JUSTICES HAVE CHANGED THEIR VOTES DURING THIS PROCESS OF DRAFTING AND REVISING OPINIONS. LIKE
1: ROBERTS. EVERYBODY THOUGHT HE WAS GOING TO VOTE TO GET RID OF IT.
2: EXACTLY. SO, SURE, IT COULD HAPPEN. HOWEVER, THIS IS A REALLY STRONG CONSERVATIVE MAJORITY OF FIVE JUSTICES WHO WERE ESSENTIALLY PUT ON THE COURT, THIS IS THEIR MISSION Mm -hmm. TO um, END THE CONSTITUTIONAL RIGHT TO ABORTION. THAT'S KIND OF WHAT THEY'RE DOING THERE.
1: SO WHO, WHO, IS THERE SPECULATION OF WHO MIGHT HAVE DONE IT? LIKE, WHO BENEFITS FROM THIS HAVING HAPPENED?
2: SOMEBODY WHO WANTS TO DAMAGE THE COURT'S REPUTATION, I THINK. THIS IS BAD FOR THE COURT. NOT JUST LIKE
1: CHANGE, BUT LITERALLY TO DAMAGE THE COURT'S REPUTATION, THAT'S WHY YOU WOULD DO THIS.
2: WELL, I THINK THAT'S ONE REASON, RIGHT? IT MAKES THE COURT LOOK LIKE ANY OTHER PART OF WASHINGTON. LEAKY, BUNCH OF HACKS. THE OTHER THING YOU COULD IMAGINE IS THAT A LIBERAL WANTS TO EMBARRASS THE COURT, SHAKE UP THE COUNTRY, MAKE THE COURT THINK THERE WILL BE A BIG BACKLASH IF THEY OVERTURN ROE. BUT YOU COULD ALSO IMAGINE SOMEONE ON THE RIGHT WANTING TO MAKE SURE THAT NONE OF THESE FIVE VOTES IN THE MAJORITY. Change their mind. You
1: lock them in by making them public.
2: Lock them in. Now it'll be clear who IT was who got spooked and lost their nerve.
1: So let's let's get back to the. They were put on the court for this moment right now. Let's talk about the confirmation hearings. I was talking about it before. Um, It seems like these five justices, when they were appointed. Everybody knew that they weren't really telling the truth about their opinions about Roe v. Wade. The people who didn't want them to be there believed that they were lying and were mad about it. The people who wanted them to be there knew that they were lying, but were glad they were lying so they could get on the court because it's an untenable position to take in the confirmation hearings.
2: So I yes th- or no? I think confirmation hearings have really. I said yes or
1: no, Senator. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs>
1: yes. Well, I guess the question, my question is, are Confirmation hearings less than useless now.
2: Yeah, I think they're less than useless. I think they're misleading people, actually. Yeah.
1: Okay. What stands out to you about Alito's arguments?
2: Well, so up until now, Roe and Casey, this later decision that affirmed it, have been based in the idea that there's a right to privacy and also that the Constitution protects our liberty. And the reasoning was that to really be free... AND EQUAL, WOMEN HAVE TO BE ABLE TO CONTROL THEIR OWN BODIES AND WHEN THEY HAVE A BABY. Mm-hmm.
1: THAT'S AN EQUAL PROTECTION ARGUMENT, THOUGH.
2: IT'S A LIBERTY INTEREST ARGUMENT. OKAY. Yeah. Alito doesn't agree with any of that. And one of the rationales he gives for not agreeing is that women are actually in a better position, he says now, than they were when Roe was decided in 1973. We have more protections against discrimination, and so that is part of his argument that this is no longer a liberty interest that the court needs to protect. You can just give it over to the states.
1: So if privacy is not uh, inherent in the Constitution, uh, what does that affect? What other... Rulings to that effect—is that Obergefell, which is gay marriage, or Loving v. Virginia, which is interracial marriage?
2: Right. Well, if you go back to really the idea that if it's not written down in the Constitution, then it's kind of up for grabs now. Then yes, it doesn't say same-sex marriage in the Constitution, and doesn't even say that we can marry across racial lines in the Constitution. Those are ideas based on. Um, THE INTEREST IN LIBERTY AND EQUALITY, BUT THEY'RE NOT IN THE TEXT. AND SO IT IS POSSIBLE THAT ONCE YOU START SHAKING THE FOUNDATION OF WHAT COUNTS AS PRIVACY AND LIBERTY AND EQUALITY, THAT THESE OTHER REALLY IMPORTANT DECISIONS IN THE AMERICAN LIFE COULD ALSO BE TOPPLED. Alito SAYS THAT'S NOT WHAT THEY'RE DOING, BUT HE IS OPENING THE DOOR.
1: YES, AND THEY ALL SAID IT WAS, YOU KNOW, EITHER SETTLED OR IMPORTANT PRECEDENT. YES. SO THERE'S NO REASON TO BELIEVE THEM. IF if THEY SAY THE SKY IS BLUE, YOU SHOULD GO CHECK.
2: I MEAN, SETTLED LAW, IT'S SETTLED UNTIL IT'S NOT SETTLED ANYMORE. Mm
1: -hmm. WELL, OKAY, uh, YOU ALSO ARE ONE OF THE HOSTS OF THE SLATE POLITICAL GAB FEST, SO LET'S TALK ABOUT WHAT THE POLITICAL IMPLICATIONS OF THIS COULD BE. Um, THE WORD BENEFIT ISN'T EXACTLY RIGHT, BUT WHO DOES THIS MOTIVATE TO GET TO THE POLLS IN THE MIDTERMS? OR DOES IT DO ANYTHING TO CHANGE THAT CALCULUS?
2: I THINK IT WILL STIR AMERICANS. I think it will stir Americans on both sides of the political divide, right? So Democratic voters are going to think this is really a huge change. I mean, we could have abortion be illegal in 20 states uh, before the election in November. When, very would that, when, when, when
1: would that kick in? Like, I mean, if... it, the, the ruling comes out at the end of June?
2: Right, or they could do it sooner at this point. So, you know, the clock is really ticking. I should say, abortion is still legal right now um, because this opinion is not final, but it could happen quickly. And so then you could see Democrats, um, there's already talk from the Senate leaders about introducing federal legislation that would in some way protect abortion. The filibuster is a big problem for that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see Republicans very galvanized to pass state by state level restrictions in the states that they control. And that is a lot of states.
1: Well, Emily, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you coming Thanks in. Put some her. of this in perspective for us.
3: Coming up, Jose Andres and Ron Howard.
1: GUESTS ARE AN UNLIKELY DUO, ONE IS A CHEF AND A HUMANITARIAN, THE OTHER IS AN ACADEMY AWARD-WINNING DIRECTOR. THEY'VE TEAMED UP FOR THE NEW DOCUMENTARY, WE FEED PEOPLE.
3: HOW MANY PEOPLE DO YOU
1: HAVE HERE? Um, 200-PLUS, 300-PLUS.
0: SOMETIMES IT'S VERY DIFFICULT TO START DOING HOT FOOD IN THE FIRST HOUR, BUT SOMETHING YOU CAN BE DOING AMAZINGLY is quick, fast sandwiches that can bring very quick relief.
1: Well, right now, we've got probably like 300 sandwiches and a bunch of fruit. For now, we got more flying in on the helicopters.
0: It's almost, if you think about it, like the perfect MRE, a meal ready to eat. If you give that with a little fruit, it's a very good combo that can at least bring
1: quick food relief. To so be sure that everybody that's hungry gets to eat. Please welcome Ron Howard and Jose Andres. Ron, lovely to see you again. Pleasure. Jose, as always, thank you for sending the paella over for the staff this afternoon. It's much appreciated. Now, uh, Ron, uh, congratulations on this film. This is is your first superhero film, isn't it?
3: (laughs) It turns out you can make a a superhero film without uh, special effects or even, you know, spandex and a cape. Uh, but you gotta find the right subject. Now, Jose will not accept our praise, uh, but uh, the audience will uh, accept
1: it for him. <laughs> now, Ron, tell the people. And you just sit there. You just sit there for a Ron, t- tell the people what they need to know about World Central Kitchen and the work that they're doing. And Jose.
3: Well, uh, it, first of all, an, a remarkable uh, individual, a leader, uh, who is proving a point. The point is, THAT INDIVIDUALS CAN MAKE A HUGE DIFFERENCE. They can, THEY CAN MOVE THE NEEDLE. WHAT WORLD CENTRAL KITCHEN HAS DONE, GROWING FROM, YOU KNOW, HIM SHOWING UP IN HAITI uh, WITH GOOD INTENTIONS and a, AND a CREDIT CARD, AND THAT WAS ABOUT IT, uh, INTO AN ORGANIZATION WHICH HITS THE GROUND IN DISASTER AREAS, NOW THEY'RE IN THE UKRAINE, and, uh, and, AND MAKES A HUGE DIFFERENCE SIMPLY BY FOLLOWING THIS PRINCIPLE. THERE IS DIGNITY IN MAKING SURE PEOPLE ARE FED. Uh, th- and uh, it doesn't have to be complex. Uh, it's about activating people within the area and bringing some expertise, some energy, and some resources, and just making it happen. And it, and our film is really an origin story, speaking of superhero movies, mm-hmm. because it shows you how he. Uh, you know, built this remarkable organization, World Central Kitchen.
1: Well, Jose, l- let's get into there a moment. What was the, the the moment that the idea of the World Central Kitchen first came to you? What was the impetus?
0: I think the moment began really in the moments of inaction, watching what happened in Katrina, when we had thousands of American citizens at the Superdome, and seems nobody was there feeding them, bringing them water, bringing them hope. I think I got tired of watching. Through TV in the comfort of my home, that actually big problems they have very simple solutions. I don't know how to fix every problem that we face in humanity, but let me tell you, cooks like me, food we know. So, <laughs> if we start showing up, can we bring relief? That's now, how it began.
1: You, you just came back from uh, Ukraine, where World Central Kitchen—see uh, if I got this right—have served 17 million meals and counting since the beginning of the conflict. And I know. And again, y'all, y'all, uh, you and the, the team World Central Kitchen. There you go. Fight like Ukrainians. <laughs> now, I know that one of one of the kitchens that uh, y'all partnered with was destroyed in an attack in Kharkiv. I think. Um, are are those people okay? And is your team okay? Uh, yeah, that was a huge uh,
0: missile strike that destroyed uh, a big building and everything surrounding the building. Um, the kitchen, we were not able to use it anymore. A couple of people died on that strike alone, like every day that somebody seems to be dying. The members of the kitchen, they were okay. We had four wounded. But this is the amazing thing about the Ukrainians. They, uh, our partner asked them, what do you want to keep doing? Say, we want to keep fighting, we want to keep cooking. They move all the kitchen equipment in a truck. They move the, the kitchen equipment into a bunker. Three days later, they were cooking 1,000 meals a day. The four wounded are out of the hospital, and one of the persons began cooking five days later. That's, that's the amazing thing happening
1: in Ukraine right now. Everybody's fighting. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more. Jose Andres and Ron Howard. Stick around. <laughs> I understand it wasn't easy to convince Jose to be the subject of this film. How did you eventually convince him?
3: Well, I had met Jose, and and I, you know, heard his story um, uh, a couple of times. I I began to follow what he was doing with World Central Kitchen. It was an exciting story. I've been over the in recent years more and more fascinated with doing documentaries. Actually, he was in a documentary I made called Rebuilding Paradise because he was there. It was about the fire in Paradise, California, and World Central Kitchen was there. We had a shot of him, and that was almost the trigger to sort of say, "Let's I'm going to go ahead and collect the nerve to pursue." Jose on this, Mm -hmm. and I did, and it was kind of the answer was sort of like, (laughs) no, no, I don't think (laughs) so. I'm not, I'm not ready, is what he kept saying. I don't Mm -hmm. think I really want to do that. I don't want a documentary about myself and so forth. And and uh, finally, uh, I went to a fundraising event for World Central Kitchen here in New York. It was a big, large affair. It was the UN was in session, and 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 uh, it was a remarkable gathering. He gave another great, inspiring talk. AND I, I, I ASKED HIM ONE MORE TIME, AND HE TURNED AROUND, AND THERE HAPPENED TO BE PHOTOS ON THE WALL, ABOUT 20 OF HIS KEY PEOPLE, VOLUNTEERS, AND HE SAID, YOU KNOW, THAT'S WORLD CENTRAL KITCHEN. IT'S NOT ABOUT ME. AND I'M AFRAID IF WE MAKE A MOVIE, IT'S GOING TO TURN INTO, uh, YOU KNOW, IT'S GOING TO BECOME ABOUT ME. AND I SAID, WELL, you, YOU'D HAVE TO BE SIGNIFICANT IN IT, OF COURSE. YOU KNOW, YOU'RE THE ALPHA VOLUNTEER, BUT IT IS, IN MY MIND, ABOUT TEAMWORK AND VOLUNTEERISM AND THE DIFFERENCE THAT THAT CAN make. And uh, and I said that is the movie I wanted to make, and and he believed me, and I and I and I think it is the film that we've uh, that, that we can offer audiences. Now, wh- why do you like to make documentaries? Now, is because you don't have to deal with actors. Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm balancing both. I've got them both going, and I <laughs> think right. the documentaries are, uh, in fact. Uh, YOU KNOW, INFLUENCING MY WORK BEHIND THE CAMERA ON SCRIPTED uh, FILMS AND TELEVISION SHOWS, AND I, LOOK, I'm loving, I'M LOVING ALL OF THIS. I'M LOVING STORYTELLING MORE THAN EVER IN MY LIFE, AND IT'S WONDERFUL TO BE ABLE TO MOVE BACK AND FORTH. But that, I WANT TO BE IN A MOVIE, SO... I, HE'S BEEN Hounding I, me. Can I MEAN, I CAN you, IT CAN HAPPEN. Me. Uh, I MEAN... <laughs> IT CAN HAPPEN.
1: AND I'LL TELL YOU WHY IT CAN HAPPEN. is BECAUSE ONE OF THE THINGS YOU LEARN IN THIS FILM IS THAT YOU DON'T BELIEVE IN IMPOSSIBLE. THAT'S RIGHT. THAT YOU BELIEVE IN, LIKE, YOU CAN NEVER ACCEPT IMPOSSIBLE. SOMETHING CAN BE MADE POSSIBLE. WHERE DOES THAT COME FROM? WHERE DO YOU LEARN THAT? I MEAN, COME ON, PEOPLE.
0: Millions of restaurants on a Friday night. People like you coming. Everybody wants a reservation when? 7 p.m. Why? Because you are important. (laughs) Fine. Then you arrive and you want, I want my salmon, but I don't want it fishy. What do you want me to do? (laughs) To put it on the bleach? I want garlic and shrimp. No garlic and no shrimp. What? Imagine millions of you just asking and requesting changes to a menu. It took us years to make. Chefs. We are very unique animals to adaptation. We keep a smile as you keep changing every single MENU, every single <laughs> night.
1: And You're that makes us,
0: we improvise. Exactly. That's what makes us something wonderful right away. <laughs> very unique bees. We keep going no matter what, no matter what, everybody's going to be fed. This is the chefs around America, around the world, that we feed the few in the good times. Yes. But every day, more and more,
1: we are committed to feed the many in the bad times. WE HAVE TO TAKE A LITTLE BREAK, AND WHEN WE COME BACK, I'LL ASK JOSÉ HOW YOU CAN MAKE A DIFFERENCE IN YOUR TOWN AND AROUND THE WORLD. STICK AROUND. <laughs> now, RON, ABOUT MAKING THIS FILM. I UNDERSTAND, EVEN ONCE YOU CONVINCED JOSÉ THAT YOU COULD MAKE THIS FILM ABOUT HIM IN WORLD CENTRAL KITCHEN, YOU HAD TROUBLE GETTING SOME OF YOUR FOOTAGE FOR THE FILM. WHAT, what HAPPENED?
3: Well, our, you know, our team embedded with, with Jose and his key teammates in Navajo Nation and here in New York, covering COVID, other places. And, I, and uh, you know, I was outside the bubble, so I was nervously, you know, I was remoting in, I was texting. I was saying, what'd you shoot? What'd you, what did you shoot? What did you get yesterday? Uh, oh, well, we, sh- we covered something in the, in the morning. That was it? That's all you did? Well, uh, you know... Um, THE TRUCKS NEEDED UNLOADING, AND THERE WERE JUST A LOT OF PEOPLE GATHERED AROUND, AND SO, YOU KNOW, WE PUT THE CAMERA DOWN, AND WE GOT GOING, and, AND THAT'S THE SPIRIT OF IT. IT'S, YOU KNOW, IT'S JUST INFECTIOUS. AND I HAD TO SORT OF SAY, HEY, HEY, DUDE, <laughs> <laughs> I'M GLAD YOU PITCHED IN, BUT YOU'RE THERE TO TELL A STORY, AND LET'S GET IT. THE OTHER BIT OF DIRECTION SO YOU I STOLE did, HIS CREW? Uh, I, I, he, I MEAN, <laughs> WE ARE ON A MISSION. WE NEED TO
0: feed PEOPLE. He's LIKE, HEY, YOU, <laughs> PUT THE MIC DOWN. Uh-huh. Put the camera down,
1: <laughs> and that's the beauty of it—that everybody's hands-on. Well, now, uh, Jose, what what is? Uh, give us a call for action here. How how can people help in their own way or collectively? What what, what would you like to say to the people? That,
0: you know, I realize, especially in Ukraine, that every one of you—you you can become your own organization. You don't need to try to feed the world. You can do little things, as helping an elderly couple in the supermarket make sure that they can put the shopping in the back of their car. Maybe picking up, use a piece of paper to keep your cities clean. Maybe going in the middle of, like it's happening in Ukraine, maybe you should come with me, Jean Baptiste, that musicians are in every corner bringing hope to people, used by playing a song. You see, everybody in this room, everybody in America, has a talent that if you look within, you can put that talent to bring hope to others, we can all be part—not only of feeding America and feeding the world, but believing in longer tables, no higher walls. Together, we can change the world if we really believe in it.
1: Ron, after making this film,
3: after spending all this time
1: on the subject of Jose and world central kitchen, what do you want people to take from this film?
3: Well, I, I hope that they do recognize this sort of spirit of, of volunteerism. Uh, you know, just this idea that um, you don't you don't have to dedicate you know your entire life to it as Jose has, as, as his family has supported him in, but you you really can make a difference simply by. Committing, and I think again, that's that's why I wanted it to be this kind of origin story. It's amazing to see the journey. I mean, look, it's very cinematic. There's action. There's jeopardy. You know, it's a good movie, Um, but the underneath it all, it really is about look. The final scene. I don't want to give anything away, but I will. Um, (laughs) Is this kid, this 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 ten-year-old kid, who's just helping. He just, de- he just volunteers. Uh, Jose kind of deputizes him. You know anybody around here who needs meals? Yeah, I do. And he's, he's, he's just pedaling his bike, and our camera guys got shots of this kid just leading, pointing things out. He was so proud of himself. It he wanted to be, be my
0: translator. He, yes, that's right. He, he said, I speak Spanish. I speak Spanish, too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah but I want to be in a movie. Oh, well, we're,
3: we're going to do that, Jose. It's going <laughs> to happen. He was
0: going to tell me, in uh, America, the American dream, Who a guy like me can be saying that it's going to be on a night like today next to Stephen Colbert and Ron Howard and telling him I want to be in a movie? (laughs) I mean, only in America.
1: Jose, thank you.
0: Ron, thank you. you.
2: This has been The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 1135, 1035 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube.